two decades ago. I stood up here and I said, I wanted to hear your stories. The stories of WPC. And we began to walk a journey together. And now we come to a fork in the road. So I ask you just to take a minute and look around. Look at the people in this room. Think about a couple of decades worth of things that have happened, things that have, we've all gone through, we've all celebrated. Just in this room, as I said to the band on Wednesday night, look at what we have done. Look at what God has done through us. God may be the same, loving and merciful, just, but we are different because God continues to work in our lives to form us and to shape us. And the things of our lives can form us and shape us as well. My heart is filled with such gratitude and love. And now begins the leave-taking. So what I'm about to say, if, if you think I'm speaking to you, I am. And if you don't think I'm speaking to you, I'm not. We forget who we are sometimes, to our detriment. Human beings forget who we are sometimes, and sometimes for long periods of time. And we do horrible, despicable things, individually and corporately. And as we live our lives, you know, it's, it can be easy to despair because especially now we are aware of every despicable thing that is being done or many despicable things that are being done. And if we just scratch the surface a little bit, we can find more if we're looking. And despair knocks at the door all the time. Despair wants to own us to stop us from remembering who we are. Anxiety and worry and fear want to gobble us up, turn us in on ourselves in such a way that we, we can barely function. I'm sure that's never happened to any of you. It surely hasn't happened to me. And that anxiety and worry, it keeps us blind to the beauty and the wisdom, and the courage, and the love that is all around us. Because it's easy to despair. It's easy to give up on ourselves. Easier in some ways to give up on ourselves, but also on the people that are around us. To give up on our culture, to give up on our governments, to give up on our leaders, and to say, you know what? I'm just going to get mine. I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to fill my bank account and forget about it. 
we collectively and individually forget who we are. We forget that we weren't made for consumption and degrading competition. We weren't made to exert power and control over and against others. Yeah, this is what we're told. This is what is in the air that we breathe, it seems. It's what we're shown on our distraction training machines that we all carry around with us. And we give those to our children at younger and younger ages, thinking that we're protecting them because now we have a connection to them. And so we can easily give up and give in and go along with the lie that happiness and fulfillment and a full life is found in busyness. Successful children, if you have those. Bank accounts with lots of zeros behind whatever the first number is. God forbid you let that first number be a zero. And we get scared and we hide. And we pull away, thinking that if we can just get ours, I'll be fine. I'll I'll walk away from the world. I'll walk away from culture. I'll buy into my despair, and I'll be free. Because it's too hard. It's too difficult. It's too big. There's too much. But as I said before, the despair wants to own us eat up our lives, keep us isolated. The fear makes us put up defenses and keep others out. Our sorrow tells us that no one else feels the same way we do or would understand. Here's a little something for you. In our sorrows, we are all the same. In our joy is where we experience differences. In our sorrows, we are all the same. In our joy is where we experience differences. Not going to extrapolate, I just want you to eat that for a little bit. The anxiety tells us that we aren't enough, that we are broken beyond repair, unworthy of any good thing, that that we've somehow screwed up so badly that we're never going to recover. That somewhere we've made a mistake or we're making a mistake or we are a mistake. Now, I'm just talking about my own experience, nobody else's. There's no one else here who has ever felt any of that, I'm sure. But sometimes, and actually we begin to wake up, we come to a fork in the road, and we remember who we are. We are all stardust, made of the building blocks of the universe We were made from and we live connected to all things and all 
people. The lie is that we are separate from one another. We are connected in ways that we cannot fathom to understand. I mean, the scripture says you are dust and to dust you shall return. We are dust. You know, we're carbon and all those other basic elements. And we're all connected. And our science tells us that part of you, not that long ago, was part of an exploding star. And part of me was part of you. And when we die, all of that gets connected again in a new and a different way. We were made and we live connected to all things and everything. We were made for community. We were made to walk together this journey of life. This morning, the man who has cleaned this building for, I don't know, 17, 18 years now, his name is Naeem. He's an Egyptian Christian and he came to this country to make a new life for himself and his family. And through our presbytery, he was given some support to start a business. And this congregation was the very first one to give him a chance to be paid to do the work that he decided he was going to do, which was to clean buildings. And he came to me today, this morning, probably the first time he's ever shown up on a Sunday morning here. He has his own church. And he just said to me, thank you for giving me a chance. And he was thanking you. You've given me a chance to raise up my children here, to see them grow and change. We have no idea what effect we might have. Because, you know, we needed somebody to clean the church, and I thought, man, this is great. We can help somebody. No idea what effect we might have. There's an old saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. And we, you know, think about all of the, of the people that have gone it alone and have gone really, really fast. We lionize them in our culture. We lift them up. We put them on pedestals. If you want to go far, though, what is it? Go together. And like the Israelites, you know, when you go together, it's messy. People have egos and issues. Sometimes you got to stop because somebody's limping, because somebody's hurting. But you'll go far, farther than you've ever imagined. And that's what we've done here together. Now, as I told the kids, you know, I get scared sometimes. I'm scared right now. I'm scared that I've made the wrong decision. But you know, 
What matters is not my fear, but that we're together. And we may not be together physically in this space anymore with me as the person who is your pastor, who is called to be in the office of pastor, to live in that office and to, and to be here talking on a Sunday morning. But we can be together anytime we want with just a thought. And I'm going to be calling on you. You may not know it when I need strength, when I need courage, and I hope you will call on me. Just in your mind and in your heart, because you live in mine, and I hope I might live in yours. God calls us on a path of which we don't know the ending. That's another old saying. The path, a poet says, is made by walking it. And we walk it together, even though it feels like we walk it alone. Our faith tells us that Jesus walked the path ahead of us. He didn't walk it instead of us. We have to walk our own path. But he walked ahead of us to show us the way to life and to love. And you know what? He died walking that path. He was killed walking that path to remind us who we are. But those who had forgotten who they were gave in to their despair and their anxiety and their fear to kill him. He told us, you know, not to worry about tomorrow. Why? Because today has enough troubles of its own. He has secured our ultimate future. Our ultimate future. As the scripture says, what have I to fear? What can anyone do to me? So, if we can get out of the way, because I think the only people that, the only, the only person who can separate us from God's love is us. No power, no principality. The only ones who can build that barrier is us in our own hearts and in our own minds. And, when, and then we do that when we give into our despair and our anxiety and our fear and we buy into consumption and competition. And we forget that we were made to be together. Jesus showed us that what is good for the hive is good for the bee. Not always the other way around. Do good and share what you have, it says in the Hebrews. He encouraged us to give thanks in all things, even in our troubles. Because we're not alone in our sorrows. We share those. We're not alone in our joy either, though they may be, those joys may be unique to us. So at this fork in the road, we look at what God has done. What God is doing, and we can be thankful. My heart is filled with gratitude. And as we come to this fork in the road, we pause, but we begin to look forward to what God will do through us. I will not be here as 
your leader anymore. But you continue in God's spirit. And the best way to do that is together. To work hard together. To care for one another together. To give yourself to this community and to the community that surrounds to make the hive even better. And a funny thought came to me as I was writing this. Has anybody seen the movie Nanny McPhee? Have you seen that movie? At the end of the movie she says, When you need me but don't want me, I appear. When you want me, but you don't need me anymore, I go away. It's time for my leave taking. Thank you for everything. Absolutely everything. Amen.